Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about our church's uh, desire to get what? Loud. Very good. We don't need a church inside voice anymore. The world needs something different. And that first week I told you that uh, uh, sometimes I think the church has a tendency to squander the gift of... What's the L? Leadership. It's a gift that God has given us, and sometimes we just squander it away. Last week I told you that I think also in much the same way we tend to ignore the O, outrage. Very good. And today I think God has something to tell us about this idea of welcoming. And if you heard the story that we read from the Gospel of Luke, it shows us, I think, some very important things about welcoming. First, I want you to realize that Jesus was getting in trouble by people for doing what? What did Luke say particularly? What was he doing that made people mad? Starts with a W. He was welcoming people. Oh, he was welcoming people. That's enough to get mad at him for. Well, what kind of people is he welcoming? He was welcoming sinners. Tax collectors. See, now you and I just think tax collector, the guy or gal who takes our money on behalf, blah, blah, blah. It's a little bit different for Jesus and his people. These were people they, weren't, they weren't people that just worked for Rome. These were people that took Rome's portion and took a little more for themselves off the side. And in so doing would cheat the people, would lie to the people, would do everything they could to get more and more of their cut. And so Jesus was welcoming sinners. He was welcoming tax collectors, cheaters, and liars. He was welcoming prostitutes, people who were unholy, people who had no place in God's temple, who had no place with God at all. He was welcoming people who didn't matter, people who didn't belong. Jesus was welcoming the Lazaruses of the world, the people that others had ignored. He's welcoming all these people And while Jesus is welcoming, did you pay attention to what the church folk were doing? What were they doing? They were grumbling. Now, I think you and I need to thank God right now that church folk don't do that no more. Now, I, I, I suspect there's probably one of several ways you might react to that. The comment, one, you're going to grumble about it. You're going to grumble about being told you grumble. Or two, you're going to laugh because, oh, I've seen some of them people. Or three, you're not going to think anything because you're not paying attention, but that's a whole other sermon. But while Jesus was welcoming everyone he could, the church folk... like to think that maybe church folk have learned their lesson, but I think you and I know differently, don't we? 
And I think we have to realize that there are a couple of things um, that we need to understand about what's important in our welcoming. See, we have to decide, are we going to be a grumbling person or a welcoming person? Are we going to be a grumbling church? Because there are grumbling churches. Or will we be a welcoming church? We have to answer that question. We have to let that answer dictate what we do as a church. And as we answer that question, there are at least two things that we need to keep in mind. Two things that we have to understand that are important when it comes to this idea of our welcome. First is this. Well, I need a volunteer. Can I have a volunteer? Perfect. Perfect. You're the guy I had in mind anyway. You can stand over here, please. Now, I know this isn't anything, you know, to hold those, please. At the, we'll do one at a time, okay? Um, I know maybe most preachers don't do this kind of stuff. But that's okay. Um, I want you to meet somebody. He's new to our church. Everybody say hi. hi. I'm going to show you a couple of things that happen uh, sometimes. <laughs> Amen. Show you a couple things that happen sometimes when, when someone new comes. Um, go ahead. Hi, I'm new here. Oh, welcome. Glad you're here. So, like I was saying, uh, Mac Brown really needs to be careful because after that BYU game, I'm telling you, he's got to watch out. Not a game yesterday; he kind of slid by, but man, I'm trying to tell you, better be careful, you know. That might happen, or something like this may happen. Excuse me, where are the restrooms? Oh, uh, well, it's kind of like, kind of like go around here and watch out for the, and go this, just follow the signs, all right? Just go over there. Your kids, make sure they don't touch stuff, please. And when you come back to church, keep them quiet, all right? Thank you. <laughs> or, I'm thinking about joining that's great. Oh, that is great. We could really use your help right now because our budget is so short right now. <laughs> Tell me, how do you feel about committees? <laughs> Thanks, brother. Give him a round of applause, please. Now, am I being facetious? Yes. I don't know anything else to be. But am I being truthful? You better believe it. That kind of thing and worse happens across the church every week. And here's what I don't think we realize. Our welcome, or our lack of welcome, doesn't just give an impression about you or even your church. Quite often, our welcome gives people an impression of God. And if all God wants me to do is try to keep my kid quiet for an hour, that's kind of tough. Or if God is just worried about my money, I don't want to be a part of that. So you and I have to be careful because how we welcome is related to why we welcome. And how we welcome gives people an impression of the one true 
living God. Now, I hope you hear that and think, whoa. Because that is a pretty big task. That is something for us to consider. And and I'm going to tell you something, and I know this to be true because people have told me, people here have told me, people in other churches have told me that this is kind of how it works. Somebody decides on a Sunday morning to roll out of bed. And they've been thinking through the week, I should go to church. I know. Mama's been riding me for so long now. I I should do it. I got all this stuff going on right now. I have so many questions. I'm so confused about stuff. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I should, I should do. I should just, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I can't go. I don't belong there. I, I don't dress the right way. I don't talk the right way. They're probably going to ask me to stand up and raise my hand and tell them about my life or cry to Jesus. I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. But I should go. I should go. God, give me a sign. Okay, I'll go anyway. People muster up sometimes courage and fight back fears that they have about being in church. And they walk through the doors and their fears are brought to reality. And we think that says something about us. But really it's saying something about God what we think about God. And I wonder if sometimes we just don't realize how much God has already done for us. Because if we did, there would be no way we could grumble like those church folk did with Jesus. If we understood that God has done so much for us, if we believed amazing grace, surely we'd have a smile or two on our face. Surely we'd have some joy to give, wouldn't we? It's like we have to remember that God has done so much for us and instead of trying to figure out, oh, I've got to do this now and I've got to make sure I get this done because if not... God's not going to be happy with me and I've got to pray this many times and I've got to do it this way. And I... Look, friends, God has taken us where we are. God has taken us with whatever we have in our mind, whatever battles we're having, whatever struggles we're going through. God has taken us and welcomed us just as we are. And in one sense, that's what Jesus is telling us, I think about this lost sheep and this lost coin, that God is willing to go and get us. Now, I think it's a little different. Sometimes we talk about being lost. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Friends, let me tell you something that I think is true. We are never lost. Because that seems to suggest that God has a hard time of following us. God may may have to deal with losing us. God doesn't lose us. We are never lost. But God comes to us. And maybe we've wandered away. Maybe we've done our own thing. Maybe we've filled our hearts with other desires. Maybe we've tried to do our own will. None of that matters to God. God is willing to go 
and to welcome you wherever you are. And since God has done that for us, and since God is willing to celebrate every time one of us recognizes that, don't you think that the church should be a place where we celebrate that too? Instead of, you might not fit in with this church. Instead of, you don't make as much money as we would like you to make. You might want to go to the other church. Instead of, you don't really look like us, sing like us, talk like us, or vote like us. You might want to find somewhere else to be. That's not God's plan. That's a lot of grumbling. I don't know that God wants us to be grumblers. Instead, God wants us to have in mind the power that has been shown to us. Has God done anything for you ever? Some maybes? (laughs) And if God has done something for you... God has done something for us, and we better make sure that this is a place where people can come and have God do something for them, too. So how about it? Who's a grumbler? Don't point fingers. Who wants to be the welcoming one? Then let's pray. Because, God, you have done so much for us. Because you have been willing to pull us from the miry pit. Because you have been willing to love us, God. We ask for the faith, the strength, for the hope, even for the laugh and smiles enough to welcome others into your power as well. God, help this be a place where your presence is celebrated where people can come and know you more and know what it means to love you more. God, fill us all now with the power of your Holy Spirit so that as we go from this place, we would be filled with the hope that only you can give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.